I, uh, I want to share a couple things. Um, this, kind of like last Sunday, kind of went awry, and I, not really awry, uh, just things thrown into uh, a morning or a day that you're not expecting. Uh, last Sunday, if you missed out, we had a squirrel that decided to fry itself on two power lines outside and took out part of our transformer, oh, okay. uh, and uh, CEMC... I- had to, uh, you know, kind of come back in and uh, fix us back up on some stuff and uh, remove the fried up squirrel and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, they got us going and kind of, kind of threw a kink in things. But uh, we overcame. Uh, and then this week, I uh, actually had a friend of mine that was supposed to be uh, coming and sharing with us today, preaching today. And uh, and uh, last night at like nine thirty, I get a message and uh, and. He can't do it. His uh, he's got somebody that helps him keep his calendar. They had accidentally booked him somewhere else early in the year uh, for him to be there, and he called me and he's and he's 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 freaking out. He's he's losing his mind. He's like, oh my gosh, and he's all upset. And I was like, dude, dude, chill out. It's okay. It's all right. We got this. Uh, I said, you know what? I said, God's got a plan. I said, in fact. Uh, I'll put it to you like this. I said, I said, uh, uh, I I can share a little bit. I said, but also I said we've got we've got somebody uh, with us in from out of the country right now, uh, just for really this Sunday that we were going to let them share a little bit at the end of the service. I was like, but man, it'd be awesome for them to be able to share a little more than what they were going to. And so I said, it'll be fine. It'll work out. God God knows what's going on. It's it's in, it's all in His hands. His church is in His hands. And so, um, anyway, long story short, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of backing up and punting and uh, just kind of following him today, and, 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 and it's been awesome so far. So uh, we're glad that you're here today. Um, one thing that I was going to do uh, already, uh, I, want to, I want us to, I want to share with you about somebody. I want to introduce you to Russell and Susan Stamphill. And uh, Russ, or Russell, some people call him Russell, I call him Russ. Uh, Russ uh, was a, is, is, was a youth pastor friend of mine uh, that uh, uh, was here in the state of Tennessee. In fact, uh, uh, got to, we've, we've gotten to do some stuff uh, helping them with uh, student ministry things in the past. Uh, I've, I've spoken for him a couple times, even taking some of our college students and uh, high school students at times with me uh, to do stuff with them and their youth ministry. But uh, Russell kind of had happened to him what happened to me once upon a time as a youth pastor. Uh, God began to kind of peck on his heart and say, hey, you, I want you to start a church. And so Russell's been going through that for like the last few years, like praying about like, what do I do? And what's that look like? And we'd be at camp and talking about this stuff. And, and he'd be asking me a million questions. And, you know, just, just, you know, he's just been, they've been praying, you know, what's this look like? They've got two kids. And uh, anyway, long story short, uh, they left the safeness of a paycheck and all of those things and, uh, and just, and followed the Lord Lord's leading them, uh, and he led them to go to Austin, Texas, and to plant a church there. And so uh, the reason I'm bringing that up, Russell is like one of five church planters that we help support here at 24 in very small ways, but we are prayer partners with them, and we give to them a little bit financially every month as well. Uh, And so, um, but today, they are having their very first service. 
And so I remember that day for 24. In fact, they're starting at, uh, I think, 10, 1030. So they're in, they're in the middle of their first service right now. And uh, uh, I remember that first day for 24. I remember the butterflies. I remember <laughs> wondering if anybody was going to show up. Uh, I mean, just all of this crazy stuff. And so um, anyway, I, I, I had told Russ, I said, I, I messaged him yesterday and I said, hey, man, we're going to pray for you guys tomorrow. Is there anything specific uh, that we can pray for you about? And this was his response. And this is so, so him. Uh, it, and it wasn't anything like, you know, pray that, you know, the equipment works or that we have enough, uh, whatever, you know, it, it, this is pretty awesome. He says, tell them, first of all, he says, tell them, thank you. He's saying, thank you to you guys and pray God will be glorified and lives would be changed. God would be glorified and lives would be changed. His exact words. And, and I got to tell you, that's why you start churches right there. You start churches for God's glory and to reach people who don't know Jesus. I mean, that's that's it. And so um, that's that's what they're doing. They're awesome people. Uh, I've been able to more or less try to keep up with what's going on with them through Facebook and things. But uh, I told him that we would pray for them this morning. Let's pray. Can we pray for them? Let's pray for them. And the name of their church is Hope City Church. Let's pray for them. God, we just lift up uh, Russ and Susan to you right now. And God, I just... I just pray for Hope City Church. I pray that you would be glorified by it. I pray that you would use them to reach people who do not know you. I pray that you will use them to reach people who know you but have been disenfranchised with the church. God, I just pray that you would just have your hand on them and that you you would work in mighty ways. Lord, go before them and do, do only the things that you can do uh, to create relationships between uh, them and the people of their church with others. Uh, strengthen them. Make, make them a strong body of believers, Lord, that, that shines a bright light for your kingdom. God, thank you for Russ. Thank you for he and Susan and their willingness to follow you, their faithfulness to, to get up and go. God, just, just continue to take care of them, provide for them, uh, work and do what, you, what we're asking only you can do. God, we know and we trust it. God, and we pray that you would be glorified by all of it. Uh, Lord, um, just have your hand on them. Lord, thank you that we can partner with them. God, I pray for Hope City Church. Have your hand on it. Have your hand on this family. Uh, Lord, lead them. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Pretty cool stuff, right? Pretty cool stuff. Uh, and, and we're going to try to be better about sharing more about other church planters that we uh, you know, are supporting and behind and different things. And uh, man, we've got, we've got guys planting churches like all over the place. And, and most of them, uh, you know, are some kind of like, you know, we've got some kind of like uh, solid connection with where one of us uh, is a close friend of this person or what have you. And so, uh, you know, just, just a great opportunity for us as a, as a body of believers to be able to uh, love on those folks and, and help them. Uh, it's, it's, man, it's so good when you're planting a church uh, to not feel like you are on your own uh, and to know that there are other people out there praying for you and loving on you and, and even sending you money or whatever. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all good stuff. And that's, that's we want to be a church planting church, um, not just a church plant that just takes, but we want to plant, help plant other churches. Um, so um, I want to share um, a passage of Scripture with you before I introduce you to somebody. Uh, this passage of Scripture 
uh, is one that I went this week, I spent some time looking at the first messages that I taught at 24, the very first, uh, probably like month, month and a half, something like that, uh, the first messages that I taught at 24. And we did this series, um, and, um, and I'll probably talk a little more about this in the, in the next couple weeks to come. Uh, but, uh, and I'll be talking about this more in the next couple weeks to come, uh, but in those messages, I, I, I looked really specifically at the scriptures that I used and, and that I felt led to during that time at the beginning of the church. And, uh, and one of those, I actually, I actually have a bunch of them all together. I've kind of, I've kind of made a new file with, you know, where I've been taking those passages that I shared during those weeks and put them together in a new thing where I've been kind of looking at them and praying over them. And, and it is amazing. I mean, I'll just be honest with you, it is amazing just how much the heart of 24 is still exactly where it was on day one. I mean, there's a lot of things that have changed, uh, and, and, even, and even some of uh, the how-to stuff of the way we do some things has changed uh, a good bit or whatever. But, but the, 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 the goal and the message and the heart behind uh, why we started church and, and what we were doing here and what we are still doing here, uh, still the same. Uh, there's one verse, there's one, there's one passage I want to just share with you that's out of that. Again, we'll come back, we'll probably come back to even this passage in the next couple of weeks, but I want to give it to you today as kind of a something that you can be praying about, something you can be thinking about. And it's a simple, it's a simple couple of verses. It's nothing, it's nothing too crazy, but, it, but, there's, but there's some gold in there, I think, for us uh, to kind of pray over and think about, you know, what's, what's, what's God want for me personally? What's God leading me to do as one of his children, as a part of the family of God? What is he, what's he got for me? And, and here it is. It's Ephesians 5, okay? Ephesians 5, verse 15. In Ephesians 5, verse 15, it says this. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Now, we all want to be wise, right? Uh, look carefully how you walk. Uh, not as unwise, but as wise. Verse 16, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. So everybody wants to know God's will. And, and, I think we're, especially as Americans, we're great at like boxing. We want to box that up. Like we, we, want, we want to go to the Apple store and buy God's will on the shelf for $129.99 or something. You know, like, you know, can we get, let me get God's will. I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready to find out what he wants for my life right now, okay? And, and here's the truth. God's will for our lives, God's purpose for our lives is His glory. Two words, His glory. What's that mean for us today? I mean, it's, it, it's so simple that it hits us right between the eyes. Most of the time, we're not even really seeing it for what it is. The purpose in which He created us, the purpose of our lives, His will is that we would glorify Him. You're like, okay, you just said that. What's that mean? That we would make Him known. That we would make Him known that we would be light into this world, that God would use us to make Him known. That's, that's, that's what we are about. That's what our lives are for. 
And 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 like we're you know we'll 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 go worship other things sometimes. I mean we're all great at that. Like you know we kind of fall away and like oh oh look at that shiny thing over there you know. And so then you know then it's something else. But then when God kind of redirects us and brings us back to Him, we begin to realize oh yeah that's right. I people around me should know Him because they know me. That's His glory. That's making Him known. Okay. And so with that being said. We are all called to be missionaries. We're all called to be missionaries. Did you know that? That if you are a child of God, if Jesus has saved you, if you've trusted in Him to be your Savior, then I'm here to tell you today, we're all missionaries. Every single one of us. And you're like, Chris, I'm not a missionary. God's not told me to go to some other country or whatever. I think that we do ourselves a disservice when we begin to think about missionaries as being only people in other countries. God has called every believer to be a minister of the gospel, okay? Here's what that looks like. It means that you're called to be a missionary wherever God has put you in life. So where's God put you? Where are you right now? Who are the people that God has put in your life? You you are a missionary to those people. You're as much of a missionary to those people as the lady that you're going to hear from here in just a few minutes is to other nations and to the beloved orphanage that we help support in Uganda. That being said, we want to all be those people asking ourselves the questions that we see in Ephesians 5, making the best use of the time. What does that mean for you? And, and so I'm, I'm just encouraging you, challenging you. Maybe over the next week or two, you pray about that. Pray, pray about what, what does that mean? What does that mean between me and the Lord that I make the best use of my time? When we started 24, we started 24 under the pretense that we believed that God has only given us a certain amount of time and we got to go for it. Or people thought we were crazy. I mean, people thought we were absolutely nuts. We were kids. We were kids. I was 27 years old when we started the church. I was the oldest staff member. And then finally we got Dave. Old Dave. <laughs> we like to mess with him about it. He's not that old. But, uh, you know, I just I look back on that, you know, and, and I just think for us, I just think we can't stop asking that question. What's, what's our time look like for what we are trying to accomplish for the kingdom of God? What is God calling us to? Are we being intentional missionaries? Are we living missional, if you want to put it that way, in the lives of the people that God has called us to? So with that said, Nancy, won't you come up and join me? I want to introduce you to somebody this morning. This is Nancy Wilson. And uh, Nancy... Um, uh, we know Nancy because of Nancy Johnson, a bunch of Nancys, you know. And uh, it's a generational name. <laughs> and yeah, and uh, and Nancy here. If you've never met Nancy Wilson, uh, well, you're about you're about to know her because she's gonna. I've asked her to share uh, what she's what she's up to, what God is using her in, uh, a bit of her story as well of how God's changed her life. 
she's she's sharing that stuff with us today, and I think it's I think it's a godsend thing, really, honestly, the way the day has worked out uh, and what has happened because I, that's never happened before where you've had like somebody coming and they cancel and wow. you know all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, but you know, I, I, just um, just let me kind of give us a, a little backstory here because we have a lot of new people that come all the time, and and I think it would be good for them to know we have uh, we are a part of supporting an orphanage and a school. It is one and the same, okay, in Uganda, okay? And so it's a school, and they teach math and writing and reading, all, all these things. You know, they teach all that stuff. But it was founded by a young man that, that Nancy's going to share with us about here in just a minute named James. And, and James is a believer, and James didn't want to just teach them about those things. He wanted to teach them the gospel. And so we have partnered with... Uh, this orphanage, this school with James, and inadvertently with Nancy kind of in a way because of her work with them, and she's going to share about that. Um, and so uh, we, we've been doing this for about, I think about three three years or something, maybe a little longer than that, I don't know. We've had uh, the kids there paint us paintings and send them back, and uh, and we sell those to help raise money to buy property. Uh, right now, they're actually, uh, we've got a team within our church of people that are kind of like a little, uh, I don't know if they're a board or whatever, where they got a little, some <laughs> club thing going on or something, but it's a nonprofit, okay, well, you know. <laughs> and they are a board. <laughs> and, and they, well, there you go. They're so, wonderful. <laughs> and, uh, and they, and they kind of are helping oversee uh, trying to continue to figure out what it looks like for us here to be able to continue to support them there. Uh, and so that's going on, and they're actually raising money right now uh, to help build an actual building on the property that was already bought, uh, and uh, they're renting the place that they've got now, and there's a lot of needs. And uh, how many kids? 300. 300. 300. Yes, yes. Ah. Let me, let me, of 300 kids... How many of those kids are orphans, and how many of them, like, just come to the school? Well, they're all in a situation where they're very poor, and they wouldn't be able to get educated if they sure. weren't. And so probably there's about two-thirds of them that are orphans, and the other third might be extremely poor. There's a lot of widows, and so they might have one parent, and they wouldn't be able— in Africa, you have to pay school fees. So if you're poor, you can't really get an education. And that's the big dilemma. So that's where um, God raised up James, who was also an orphan and really had such a heart from his background. Right. And God led him. And um, anyway, I was a, a missionary over there, falling in love with these, these young people and seeing the vast number of orphans in Uganda and just breaking my heart. But then God began to speak to me and say, I love them more than you do, and I have a plan for them. And so you can't help all of them, but I will show you who. And uh, God led me through many different young people, but I started training youth, young future youth leaders because they had a passion. They came to Christ, and they wanted to help others. So James was one of those that was being trained. And he said, you know, I was his spiritual mom. So he wrote me one day, Mom, it's just time for me to give back to God because I, I know what it's like. to. And God's telling me I'm supposed to help the poor and needy. I want to start a, a school. And I had actually, one of the first book I wrote is called Chosen with a Mission. Are you ready for the adventure? And it's actually been used all over the world to challenge young people to say, God has chosen you and you have a purpose. 
And I would say that to every one of us today, that as Pastor Chris has started out by exhorting us, we are all called. We are all chosen by God. And the, I was just thinking as Pastor um, was sharing that this particular scripture is what motivated me to write this book. And it says that you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were people, now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world, abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul and live such good lives um, among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day when he visits us. And how many of us know that Jesus is coming soon? And the harvest is ready to be reaped. And Jesus himself said, don't say there's four more months. I say, lift up your eyes and look. And so James said, Mom, you know, this book inspired me that I have a mission. And I, I want to start a school. Would you be the patron mom? Well, all I could say was, well, I just thought for a minute, Lord, this is a big responsibility. It ran through my mind because, you know, I, I have a lot. I've been going to about 75 nations, and I'm like, Lord, okay. And right away, I said, well, son, you don't have any money. You're an orphan. And your mom is a missionary. She lives by faith. She doesn't have any money. But our Father in heaven, he runs the world. So the answer is yes. <laughs> and fast forward, God, I remember just prayer. James and I said, with faith, all things are possible. And we know from God's word that he cares about the poor and the needy. It says that he loves the orphan and he's a defender of the widow. And so God began to show us his amazing heart. So that's a, and I, and I brought that up. Yeah. She stole my thunder right there with the oh. orphan and widow thing. I'm oh. just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're on the same page. I'm, I'm just kidding. It's called we're the Holy Spirit. On, we're, on, we're on the same page. <laughs> we're on the same page. Who's on the back of that book right there, too? Oh, so. that's a young version of me. <laughs> but hey, we don't, we're ageless, right? Yeah, right that's right. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no a, big, a big piece of what we've been talking about here for some time now is, is this call to, to call on us as a church to reach uh, the people that God has has called us to here, yeah. uh, obviously in place other places too. But this whole like orphan and widow thing, and and we know we've talked about the drug use stuff, and uh, literally people losing their lives, and, and many are spiritual and, orphans, and the kids that have been left behind by some of that, and and are in the midst of that right now. Like right now, while we're sitting here, yeah. like we could go to living rooms and bedrooms mm-hmm. that are under 10 minutes, probably under a minute, let's just be honest, that are, that are right here where nothing like what's happening in here right now is going on there. There are parents that are shooting up and, and taking things and doing things with their kids in the same room or in the next room. And, and that's a reality for us that we, we can, as I mentioned earlier, we can't turn a blind eye to that. And we're called to do something about that. And God is leading us 
to that. Now, here, here's, part of, here's part of what I love about this is, is we had, and, and Nancy uh, Johnson could, could attest to this, that there was a Sunday years ago, they were here, they were still trying to figure out if we were crazy or not, I think, uh, and then <laughs> figured out we were, uh, but, uh, and stayed for some reason, but, um, you know. Because they were crazy too, no. Yeah, but, we, but we, <laughs> we, you know, we made this, you know, I made a statement and a message, and it was, you know, it was truthful, but it, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like some main point about how we knew God was calling us to lead us to be a part of uh, missions outside of the U.S., but we didn't even know how to do that. And the big, one, of the biggest, one of the biggest concerns that you have when you're a pastor or you're a church and you're doing that kind of thing, or even just, for, I mean, for anybody as a part of a church, is like, how do we know that my, our money is, if, if it's going to be money that we send or people that we send or whatever, how do we know that it's really going to mm-hmm. do what oh, it yeah. needs to do and what we're hoping and praying that it would do? And especially to, 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 to uh, you know, push forward yeah. the gospel uh, you're talking about. And so what I love about this partnership that we have with James, uh, with the school and orphanage in Uganda, with people like Nancy, uh, is, is that we know what's going on with this stuff. We don't just know about it. We have personal relationships with these people that are seeing this stuff through to it happening. It's not just some, you know, like, oh, we sent our money off. We don't know where. Like, we know. We see it. We get, mm-hmm. like, and, and I know you guys are, are talking with them weekly uh, about what's going on and stuff. Uh, I mean, this, this is such a huge mm-hmm. blessing for us as a church to get mm-hmm. to be able to be a part of something like that. So anyway, uh, I say all that to say, I, I've asked Nancy if she would uh, to share a little bit about uh, her story uh, and, and about what's going on there uh, briefly, whatever, you know, just God's laid on your heart here. Uh, and I know that he has, and, and I'm thank- we're thankful that you're here. Why are, why are you here again? Can you tell us why well, you're here this weekend? One reason why I'm here is to tell you, I thank my God every time I remember 24 Church. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began the good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And I believe that's how the Lord works. He puts people together. He's calling his body to come together. We all have different gifts. We all have different hearts, but, but he's looking for those who have his heart. And he has a father heart for this generation. And he is calling many are orphans that aren't orphans in such as don't have a mother and father, but they're orphans spiritually. So to save the lost, whether it be your neighbor, but we said, he says to begin with our Jerusalem, and then it's not either are, it's Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part. So we don't have to just do one. We can be involved. And whether it be through prayer, through your sacrificial giving, which so many of you have done, I can say that, you know, even when God called me to be the patron mom, I told the Lord, I just said, Lord, oh my, it drove me to my knees. And James and I just prayed. And it's really mind-boggling to me. But the first person, I said, Lord, you know, I need partners. And my first partner was Nancy, you know, because, and, and the boys, because they saved up their money from homeschool, and they're, they're, they're offering. They, remember, I met her at, a, um, a, a, I think it was a gas station, and she gave me the money. That was my first offering what, for, James, guess what? We got, I don't know how much. <laughs> they were cutting a lot of lawns. But anyway, God, fast forward now, there's an amazing partnership, and they're 
creativity, their vision, and the board, and Pastor Chris and Pastor David is going on the mission is really incredible. We, we have a group, if you didn't notice, we have a group that usually goes once a year uh, to uh, Uganda uh, to minister with and to yes. uh, James and the people that they're yes. working with and the children. So uh, anyway, thank you for being here and thank you for your willingness to share with us this oh, morning. Thank you. Praise God. Wow. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Well, I'm excited to be here and I'm, I'm going to just share a little bit with you that the Lord has put on my heart as I've been going. And I just want to start by saying that, that, you know, it was always in my heart when I met Jesus when I was 19, I'm not going to have the time to really tell you all my story, but I will say this. I always had a great desire. I loved my earthly father, and I wanted to be like him, and I wanted to emulate him. Sometimes in my journey, that get mi- got mixed up with performance because I, he didn't know the Lord, and I wanted to be like him, and I put a lot of pressure on myself, and then the Lord Jesus rescued me as a 19-year-old girl with a serious eating disorder and not really knowing her identity on the inside and also with starting to compromise my values because I, I knew about God, but I had never met Jesus in a personal way. And that night that I met him, I never forget, I just, I just fell in love with a God that loved me unconditionally. And I remember thinking, Lord, I want you to use my life. I want you to use my life. And I started to pray, and God began to teach me about prayer. And I have many prayer journals, about 40 of these, and I would just pray for miracles. And it started with my family. I said, Lord Jesus, I really think that you're calling me to give my life, to tell people about you, because people don't know this message. They don't know this unbelievable love that you have. They might know about you. They might know religion, but they know Jesus and the Father heart of God. And so I started praying for my family. And my first mission trip, I was down in Mexico, and my dad thought I was crazy. Oh, you're going to die down there. Well, I did get typhoid, you know. And uh, and anyway, that was a different story. But I was one day I pulled myself out of bed, and I went to the prayer chapel. And I said, now, Lord Jesus, if I'm going to be going to the world to tell them about Jesus, you got to promise me one thing. I was a new Christian, and all I knew was the Word of God had promises. So I said, now, look, you said that you don't want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. And you said that if I asked anything according to your will, you would answer. And Lord, I can't even think about not being in heaven with my four brothers and my mom, my dad. my. And I started crying. I said, so Jesus, I'm not going to leave this prayer chapel, and you tell me they're all going to be saved. And I just prayed. And I waited, and it's like the Holy Spirit just came upon me, and I just felt peace. And I knew the Lord heard my prayer because it was his prayer. He said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. So when we're on his page, he will move heaven and earth to use us. And God gave me the privilege. It's not me. It was the Holy Spirit. I got to lead every single one of my family members, my four delinquent altar boy brothers. (laughs) And my father, at age 85, gave his heart to Jesus. Hallelujah. And he used to think I was crazy. I'd tell him, God's leading me to do this. He says, why do you have to do that? I said, well, I think God wants me to. He'd roll his eyes. Oh, my gosh. 
He'd say, well, who am I to stand between you and God? I said, well, you got a good point. <laughs> so I began to go, but, but God gave me a promise. And I want to share this with you because it really has to do with this calling of going to the nations and to reach out to this generation that I believe, you know, it says about the Great Commission that this gospel of the kingdom, it will be preached to all the ends of the earth, and then the end will come. So there will be a generation that will see it completed, and the Lord Jesus will come. And we can just see in our world today, and if we know the word of God, we see things. The Lord said, no one knows the day or the hour, but we're to know the signs. We're to be aware of the word. And so I started seeing this scripture about how God feels. In Isaiah 43, I was a new Christian. This is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. I have redeemed you. And to redeem means to be rescued, to be, you know, the original purpose is restored. And I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And I was just, I knew it was talking to Israel, but God had shown me that we've been grafted in with the covenant promises that were given to Abraham. And so we are a part of that calling. And he says, so when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they won't sweep over you. You won't be burned. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. But then this is what the Lord spoke into my heart. He said, since you are precious in my sight. And he would say that to every one of his children. And because I love you, I will give men in exchange for your life and people in exchange for your life. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the very ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I've created for my glory. And the Lord showed me, you see, there's a spiritual battle for the souls of men. And that's why Jesus gave his life. It said the Father loved us so much that he gave his only son. So the father is the initiator. And his son said, I do nothing but what I see the father doing. And so this is a unified effort. And then when Jesus left, he said, I am glad that I'm going because I'm going to send you the helper, the Holy Spirit. And none of us can live the Christian life on our own, but we have the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it's this threefold understanding. And it was like amazing to me that the Lord God, our Father, would bring us in to work with him. And I, in the earlier service, I told how I used to love my father so much. I wanted to go wherever he went. And so I wanted to go to um, even to work with him. I thought, you know what? I just need to be where my dad is. And... I don't have time to tell you a couple of stories that I told earlier, but I saw how much I wanted to emulate him. And, and a lot of young people have this desire, but they don't even have a father. And so in this passage, it goes on to say, you are my witnesses and my servant whom I have chosen so that you may know and believe me 
and understand that I am he. You are my witnesses. So I started praying over the world map, and the Lord started sending me to different places. And I always knew I would go to Africa. And one day, I started taking teams of teenagers on mission all over the world. I was the national and international director of the high school division of Campus Crusade for Christ. And we would go everywhere. And one day, I said, Lord, when are we going to Africa? He said, now is the time. And he brought me to a young guy that was an African that had a partnership. And the first time I went to Uganda, I'll never forget because I went to speak with my teenage group. We went to all these high schools, and there was this school, and they told me it was named Pearl High School, and there were 80% had no mother or father. And I remember just, I couldn't believe these kids. They just needed so much love. They would just come, and they just, and I went to my room that night, and I just prayed. I said, Lord, how can this be? And I had my little prayer journal, and I was just crying. I said, oh, Jesus. And he, and he showed me this passage. And it says, the Lord is exalted over all the earth, and his glory is above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? And he raises the poor from the dust, and he makes them to sit with princes, with the princes of his people. And he settles a barren woman in her home as a happy mother of children. And he said, Nancy, I see them. I love them. And I want to lift them up because you know what? I have a purpose for their lives. And so God was birthing that message more and more chosen with a mission, and I would be communicating that. And so I started to train these young youth leaders. And one of them was young James, my spiritual son. And he said, Mom, God is speaking to me. It's time for me. I must start a home, an orphan center for the poor and the needy, because his story, he had a father who beat him horribly, caned him. But then he died, and there were 10 children, and he got put into another place, and he went through a lot of suffering. He didn't know where his next meal would come from. Some of you have read his book. I won't tell you all of the story, but let's just say that God was preparing him. And oftentimes, in our struggles, in our pain, part of my testimony of not knowing who I was and wanting to have a purpose, wanting to have significance is what led me to find Jesus. And James also has a story. And every one of those young people does. Because remember, he says, I know you by name. Actually, that's a new book I'm writing right now. He knows you by name. It's a radical truth, but it's true. He knows you. He has all of us are his children. He doesn't love any one of us more or less. We don't have any basis to need to compare ourselves. We all have different gifts. That's why we have to work together as a body because I tell you what, nothing could have happened to the degree that it has happened in Chosen with the Mission Academy had it not been for my precious friends, Nancy and Ruth, and the board, and Pastor Chris, and 24 Church. And I mean that. And so God has birthed something very precious. But what his passion is, we see in these 
hearts of God, we see a couple things, that God has a heart of compassion. God is reaching out, and he looks. It says that he looks down, and he sees everyone. So on my recent trip, I see, meet this young guy named William Good News, and he tells me, I love to hear their stories. He says, well, Nancy, I was 12 years old, and I saw that movie, The Jesus Film. And all of a sudden, I saw Jesus. He died on the cross, and he paid for my sins, and he loved me that much, and he would die for me. And I just started sobbing. And I said, oh, Lord, come into my life. I need you. He said, you see, Nancy, I didn't have a mother or a father. He said, but I told him when he came in my life, I said, okay, Jesus. He says, I got on my knees, and I said, you're my mother, and you're my father, okay? Okay, let's go. <laughs> and this guy is now the chaplain of our, of our school. And he's just the most precious young guy. And when I'm leaving the country, I'm going, getting ready to go in the car. He comes running up and says, Mom, I just don't want you to forget. I want you to know that Jesus has called me to do what you do. He's called me to go to the nations. And I said, amen. That's what we're doing. We're raising up. Mm, I'm getting excited. Just a minute. <laughs> oh, boy. The water of life, Jesus. <clears throat> I said, that's what we're doing. We are believing that God wants to finish this great commission. <clears throat> and just as those first disciples passed the baton to us, and we have to pass it. And so there are people from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. And so I've seen that these orphans are really perfect candidates when I went to Uganda, I went after that to Ethiopia. Ethiopia is very, very poor. Very Muslims coming, trying to take over. True in Uganda also. And bottom line is, they've been through so much. They are bold. They are powerful. And I see that with our chosen students. Because you see, God has put us in a Muslim village. And so we are being able to go into all these high schools. And on the last trip, I saw many Muslim young people give their hearts to Christ. Come up. Yes, it's, it's phenomenal. And we have our first Muslim teacher, and she received Christ with us. And God has given us a burden. And so the, there's favor because of the love that's being shown. And so there's a heart we see of God, and that is a heart of generosity because Jesus says right here, I love this, in um, Rome and Galatians here, I've got, let me see now, where would I put this here? It's so beautiful because we see God telling us about him being our Abba. And he says, at the right time, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights as sons. So when we are adopted into his family, we become a child of the most high God. So I always say, don't mess with me. My father runs the world. And when I go to God in prayer, I go, Lord, there's no limit with you. You said if I had the faith of a mustard seed, we could say to the mountain, be cast in the sea, and it would be. But what I have to often repent of is, Father, am I asking you for things worthy of who you are? Because you have no limit. And I believe the Lord is waiting for his people to understand our authority and who we are as children of God. 
And so just as Pastor Chris said, Ephesians is very important because in this passage, it says, Ephesians 5, it starts out, be imitators of God as dearly loved children. We have to first know who we are. We are dearly loved. And if you have any doubt as to how valuable you are to God, just look again at Jesus, that he loved you enough to stretch out his hands and die. And that is what is gripping us. And he says, as dearly loved children, live a life of love. There is power in love. And even what we see in our orphan center is a family, the family of God, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. And then it goes on farther. And I love this in verse 8. You who were once darkness, now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of light. And see, the thing is, if the light of the world lives in us, that means whether you go to the grocery store, whether you get on an airplane and go to another nation, whether you go into your school, you have the light of Jesus shining through. And the people living in darkness are looking for light. And our nation right now, and there's a great spiritual battle. So what I want to say is not only are we going to the nations, but we're saying the nations are coming to America. And God is saying to us, I want you to do what is on my heart. Because one of the things I absolutely love about Jesus, when I look at Jesus, he is our role model. But what did he say in John? He said he does nothing but what he sees the Father doing. And he says, you know, that is my father is working and I am working with him. So right now, Jesus is inviting us all to be a part of this end time harvest. And I just want to encourage you, as you are trusting God in 24 Church, and those of you that have been actively sharing and giving in so many ways of yourselves, you know, some give through prayer, some give through you know, sacrificial giving. Some are actually going with us to different different parts of the world. But whatever God calls you to do, to just say, you know, Lord, yes, if this is what you want, I'm all in. And I can say it truly is an adventure. But most of all, God's heart is that he would see his world know his son. And I want to thank you again for, for making it possible through what, what you're doing here to partner with us, because I believe that there's going to be ripples, that even now, when I was on my last trip there, we went and took it, we went up to the north, where the refugees are from South Sudan, and many young people have come, and many had been taken into the army, the rebel army, and those children are back. And we saw so many kids come to the Lord. So this is what our passion is, is that these would be reached, that they might reach others. But I want to end by just praying. I'm going to read a, um, a poem that I wrote about the harvest. And then I'm going to give you an invitation to pray. And it'll be a couple things, because maybe you're someone who's here today, and maybe you're not sure. Have I ever really become a child of God? 
do I know what that means? Have I ever said, Jesus, come into my life. I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. And you can do that today. And you can put a stake in the ground and be sure. And if you have, maybe you want to say, Lord, here I am. Use me in your harvest. And let me be an instrument for your light to shine. So just bow your head with me as we close. This is called Harvest Joy. Season of Harvest Joy is here. Our beloved Savior is near. Together with him, we go. As joyfully we sow. Seeds of love and life in our world of fear and strife. Give ear and come to me. Listen and you will see. Jesus seeks the lost sheep as we go out to reap. Now is harvest time for all. Do you hear his spirit's call? His beloved bride will awake to rescue souls at stake. May Jesus' love compel each one of us to tell. Now is the day of salvation. Do not miss his invitation. You can open your heart and embrace a new start. Thank you, my partner and friend. Your gifts and prayers can send his gospel to the nations for his eternal celebrations. Oh, Lord God Almighty, we honor you. You are our Abba. You are our Daddy. You are the one that put this plan into motion. Your love is so huge. Your heart is so big. We just give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise. And we thank our beloved Savior, Jesus, who sacrificed everything and suffered and died to purchase us and to purchase men from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, and to rescue the USA. And we come on behalf of our beloved nation, and we pray against the spiritual forces of wickedness that are trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And we lift up Jesus. And we cover this nation with the blood of Jesus. We know we have your heart, Lord, when we're seeking and saving the lost. So right now, if there's anyone that is not sure, and you want to just say with me a prayer that I prayed as a 19-year-old girl that knew about Jesus but had never opened up my heart. I said, Jesus, I need you. Come into my life and make me your daughter. I ask you to forgive my sins. And I thank you, Lord, that you will. And I want to live with you forever. And if that's your prayer, just say, Jesus, come into my life today. I want to be your son, your daughter. Thank you. And if that is your prayer, just lift up your hand that I might see, that I might pray for you. Or maybe you can tell someone afterwards. But Lord, I want to close with a prayer of commissioning for this church. That as Pastor Chris has expressed, we want 24 Church to be a church that goes out to our neighbors, to our schools, to our communities, and to the nations. And I pray that holy anointing and that you would speak, Holy Spirit, to each person. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
got a plan that he can seek to maybe implement here that's happening all over the nation called Saturate the USA. And I've got some resources to give him. Thank you, brother. Awesome. Thank you, Nancy.